Alright, welcome to another edition of Reptile Fight Club. We got Justin Julander and Chuck Poland with you. Hello everybody. We're coming to you live from the uh, Anaheim Reptile Super Show uh, in Anaheim, California. So we're going to fight with a bunch of people in line. Should be a, a fun day. Yep, uh, this line is incredibly long. I have never seen this many people. I've been doing some Anaheim shows for, you know, back back in the day when they were here. This is by far the biggest show I've seen. This is absolutely crazy. So yeah, it's going to take us a couple hours just to get into the show, but yeah. it gives us a lot of uh, opportunity to chat with people in line. There's plenty of people to fight with uh, in line, so they're just snaking the line around inside one of the halls. It goes from the door of the show all the way back. Like yeah. I mean, we walked Pretty probably the length of the ten minutes center and then into the hall, and now they're snake wrapping from <laughs> one end of the hall yeah. to, to the other, back and forth. So I mean, an insane amount of people. So I guess uh, California's star for uh, reptile shows or something because hungry <laughs> it's a good thing i guess i should have ended the show or yeah, something it's sure. been a good one this is uh yeah this is gonna be a crowded house all right so today we're just gonna um give give attendees and vendors and whoever we can talk to um the opportunity to pick a topic or or fight about a, a different topic uh, yeah. so, so we've picked a couple topics that we think are kind of relevant to uh the, the show or reptile shows in general and we're going to just kind of try and find people uh, vendors uh, and and uh, attendees and, and uh, have them have them kind of fight one side or the other so uh, yeah should should be interesting should be a mix of uh, uh, of different uh, answers and, and opinions and d- different uh, perspectives so uh, hopefully uh, be something uh, interesting to listen to yeah with this many people we might have uh, three or four shows in the mix yeah this could definitely turn <laughs> we'll into a, a multi-show uh, uh, extravaganza yeah we'll see how this goes but we'll see if we can make our way along the line and and get some people to fight all right thanks for uh, listening and hope you enjoy the show all right we're here with uh, brandon wheeler we'll, we'll let him introduce himself a little bit where he's gonna fight yeah how's it going guys my name is brandon wheeler uh morelia house is what i call my pretend breeding business a fun (laughs) hobby thing that destroys all my money and uh, i'm pretty much obsessed with everything that lives on a branch you know i love carpet pythons scrub pythons Uh, it's just it's fun it's a passion it's a lifestyle awesome so we, we got a topic for you here um should reptiles be discounted at shows right or whatever they're selling here right so we're gonna flip the coin heads is yes tails is no and you got to defend it there you go all right here we go call it in the air or i guess well yeah i guess it's yeah uh, yeah. so tails so all right no they should not be that's what you're defending so and so you can I have this to, if you want. But yeah. All right, so, so I, I defend no. Yeah, you yep. defend no. Yeah. All right. So why why shouldn't why reptiles shouldn't be discounted? Yeah, discounted? yeah, why shouldn't breeders discount reptiles at shows? Well, you know, it depends on what kind of uh, breeder that you are and what you have. Because if you're producing quality stuff that's unique and not, you know, if you're the only guy at the show that's got something, then absolutely not. Why would you discount it? You know what I mean? You should you should hold your price. You know, if you have, and it depends on what you're breeding. I mean, if you're breeding normal, you know, whatever crested geckos to yeah. where they're all over the show, all over the show, and, and yeah, you, you probably today. won't have a choice. Yeah. You know, you want to sell your animals or go home with them. Yeah. But if you're breeding quality stuff and you know you're putting yourself in a position where you don't have to move animals, you should absolutely hold your ground for what you think your snakes are worth. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Any other uh, insights into it? Any other reasons why you wouldn't discount? Uh, no, I mean, that, that, that's it, you know, in the working in its you know, sales mentality, people are always going to try to talk you down. They're always going to try to talk you down. Yeah. Sometimes you almost have to build a little bit of a room in the price just to accommodate that. Not necessarily that you're going to discount it, but you may as well mark it up 50 bucks more because somebody's going to get you to try anyway. Sure. Either way, however you want to approach the transactions up to you, but get the amount of money that you expect for your animal. Awesome. Hold, hold firm and have, have uh, pride in your uh, production, right? Yes, yes, yes. Cool, man. Well, it's good to see you. Thanks for your input. All right, so we got another uh, fighty here, and we're going to fight with him a bit or have him fight us, <laughs> whatever you want to say. Um, so the the topic is uh, whether or not there should be variety at Reptile Show, like if you prefer to see variety or if you don't. So we'll, we'll go ahead and flip the coin and let that decide. Um, oops. We got Tails that fell on the floor. So Tails, variety, he wants to see variety show. So go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know how you feel about the topic. Hey, Marcel Hawkins, and uh, man, I want some more variety. Like, uh, I we don't see a lot of um, a lot of scrubs, a lot of uh, just a lot of boegas. You know, I mean, we just need more more options for people to have like you know more reptiles. Just because if people have more reptiles, I mean, ball pythons and corn snakes are are nice and it's a good start. But then everyone's looking for more stuff. Yeah. It's like, where do you go after that? And then you start looking into monitors and you start looking into lizards and it's like, okay, but if, if the show doesn't have any, especially captive breeding, then it's yeah. like, we have to outsource and sometimes the outsource is bad, yeah. you know? So more, more variety. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So more variety is good because if we get more people like breeding the, the variety, mm -hmm. then there's less of, there's less of people taking them out of the wild there's less imports we have we have a good stable you know colony in the in the u.s so we don't have to go out, outsource like that yeah, yeah. that's awesome good good job yeah. oh, so thanks. also uh, you know you've got a kind of a rare clutch of eggs on the ground anyway why don't you tell us about that yeah i have a uh, i have 17 eggs on the ground from my uh, pair of malukin scrub pythons so i'm really excited about it it's a uh, it's uh, been a, a long project, been learning on the way, so by no means an expert. It might be a fluke, it might be, it might be like I did something right, but we'll see next year if I, I can do it again, so yeah. Best of luck with your project and thanks for fighting us. Thank you. All right, we got a special treat for you. My brother-in-law, the one, the only, Anson Lloyd. He uh, joined us at the Reptile Show, so we're gonna get his take on one of these topics. We're gonna give him the topic of uh, diversity at reptile shows versus kind of the monoculture idea and uh, you know what what's good about that so we'll go ahead and flip the coin and then let him introduce himself and, and defend his topic so here we go all right we got heads so you gotta defend uh, having uh, more of of the same kind of species so introduce yourself and let us know what's going on all right anson lloyd i'm married to justin's little sister um when i first met justin his family one of the things that we struck it off with well was uh in fact i had a python growing up ball python yeah, yeah and so when i come to the show with you and chuck my my take on it's completely different because i'm a total amateur i had one when i was a kid yeah uh when i met justin's family uh they they had things that i, I just loved because they were bigger and better than what i had as a kid so automatically i, I was enamored with that um but when i come to things like this thinking of podcasts y'all have done previously about how do we get 
how do we perpetuate this? How do we get people in the door? And just walking around here, seeing how many kids are here today. And I can relate to kids because I'm on their same mental level. <laughs> so what's happening is, is uh, a lot of the same is here. And, and I see that. But I see Justin, Chuck go up and look at stuff that is, oh, hey, look at this. And I'm like, oh, it's the same thing but different colors. Like, no, it's a subspecies of that. I, I don't understand that from my <laughs> level. What I'm looking at is I don't know. I see the price tag, and there's a limitation for me there yeah. because I don't know what I'm looking at. Sure. And just like your friends were saying, hey, that's really expensive and it shouldn't be. Yeah. Automatically, it's like I don't care if it should or shouldn't. That's out of my range. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But when I look at yeah. yeah, when I look at things, I'm looking at the markings on it. Yeah. You know, it's like it could be cheaper or more expensive because I don't know the difference. I'm looking at hey, this is unique or different or. It's not unique and different because they're a lot of the same. Yeah. But some of them just have better markings than others. You guys are educated on it, and you'll say, well, that, that marking is actually subpar from what it could be. And I'm looking, it's like, I like the way it makes an X angle instead of a more rounded-off edge because sure. it looks different and unique to me. Yeah. Um, so, so the aesthetics is more yeah. important necessarily than, than the... Even though you see diversity. maybe a lot of the same thing, right. it's still different because it has different color patterns or mutation to it or how it looks. Yeah. Right. So there is a lot of the same stuff, but is it hooking people? Um, and you have a show like this. I, I think you still need the variety, though. I, I can't not argue that side yeah. because there are people like you. I mean, we keep running into people. I hear you all talking and kind of geek out at that level, which is awesome. I'm just like, that's cool. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> but you need that, too. And yeah. I don't know uh, if there's different shows that tend to cater more to that versus most this. Most of them are like this, a, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah. Most this of them are like kind of... This kinda, is pretty prototypical. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah. Especially the big shows where you get like a bunch of crested geckos, ball pythons, yeah. But. So it's just coming from an amateur eye looking at it. To me, I, I am. I'm seeing a lot of the same things, but... I'm even seeing more of the same things than you are because I don't notice the subtle difference. Sure. To me, it's all neat. To me, it's still like, are there reptiles? Look at the color. Look at that. Just like, just like all these little kids going around here. And so basically, even though it's a lot of the same, you still see those subtle differences, and it's almost like it's it's a different thing. Yeah. Altogether. To me, it's different. And, and you guys can point out, yeah, it's different because it sucks, Hanson. I'm like, <laughs> but it looks really cool, and you're like, oh, no, but that's no. not why you should buy it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm looking at it just like a little kid. <laughs> yeah. Forget the fact that I'm in my mid 40s. I still act like a little kid and get excited when I see this stuff. Sure. Um, hey, I do too. I, so, you know, yeah. That's. Uh, anyway, that that's yeah. my take on it. Awesome. Cool. cool. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. All right, we got another uh, fight uh, person here, so we're going to have him introduce himself and kind of what, what he's about. So, What's up, guys? My name is Jacob. I'm 20 from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I just got into the hobby like last week. I got one ball python, and now I just can't get enough of them. So I just bought my second one today here at the convention, and I'm already looking to get another one today. So. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Okay. So uh, we're going to ask you, uh, we're going to have you debate the topic, are morphs good or bad for the hobby? So okay. we'll flip the coin. Um, heads will be good and, and tails will be bad. So we got heads. So morphs are, how morphs are good for the hobby. Yeah. I mean, I, I think morphs are good for the hobby, especially for getting people into the hobby like me because I was kind of scared of snakes when I first got into them. And the super dark, complected ones, like more like the that you see like in the wild and stuff, yeah. I would have been way less. Like, like I probably wouldn't have got one if that was the only one I could get. I was just a little bit scared of them. 
But since I got like a brighter color one and I got like a pied one and stuff like that, they look a lot friendly and I think that they can help open up eyes for other people that were scared of snakes originally. Like they're a lot more able to hold them and stuff and not be as scared. Because especially like, like my girlfriend here, she doesn't like the darker ones and she is still scared to hold a dark one, but she'll hold a white, like a lighter colored one. So, so kind of the prettier, the prettier snake kind of kind of draws you in a little bit. Yeah, I think a prettier snake can draw more people into the hobby and yeah. then it can express love. So like I think one day I'll be able to get a darker one and uh-huh. it's just a good introduction and entry to snakes in general awesome right, that's a really unique perspective yeah, i hadn't I, thought I, of that I yeah that. that's i like yeah. it i like it cool, cool. all right thanks, thanks a lot man. jacob thank yeah. you all right we got a couple more victims for our fight here uh why don't you introduce yourself uh i'm christian i'm ava all right and how are you uh new in the hobby you've been doing this for a while what do you he's been doing it for a while he kind of got me uh okay. introduced to it about a year ago okay so i'm pretty new He's been doing been it his whole years life. Plus. Cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we're going to ask you about morphs. Are morphs good or, or you know, not so good for the hobby? We're going to flip a coin and let you decide or see what see which side you defend. So, right. tails, they're not so good. So, see if you can defend why morphs may not be the best thing right. for that. Um, well, I would say that morphs can be really bad when they negatively affect animals. Okay. They can give them neurological issues. And, like, it's really just for our pleasure. It doesn't do anything for the animal positively. Awesome. Anything to add? No. That was good. <laughs> that was a good answer. I don't, I don't think I've heard that one before. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's a really good answer. Uh, yeah, I mean, answer. when it when it takes away from someone's, the animal's life, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. it's, like, not good for it. Obviously, we all should care about how the animal's doing, and yeah. that's the most important part. Exactly. Absolutely. Awesome, guys. Awesome. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. much. Yep. Yeah. All right, we got another fighter for y'all. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Earl Taylor, and I'm from Los Angeles, California. All right, so we're going to ask you about your opinion on morph. So, if, you know, good for the hobby, bad for the hobby, heads is good, tails is bad. Uh, we got tails, so maybe how, you know, morphs might not be the best thing for the hobby. Uh, I don't know, because morphs makes it better. You get more variety. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> better, better animals, healthier animals. Okay. Any any downsides to morphs? Do you think? Oh, uh, when they breeding and the, the breeding is not good. When you breeding animals that shouldn't be bred together. Sure, like a lethal gene or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a that's a good point. So, all right. Yeah. Anything else to add? You? No, that's yeah. All, all right. We appreciate your opinion. No Thanks a lot. All right. Hey, we got a couple more fighters here. Here we go. Uh, hi, my name is Alex. I'm from Monrovia. <laughs> hi, I'm Melissa. I'm from Monrovia. <laughs> all right. Okay, we're going to ask you today about uh, gimmicks, like, you know, booths and whether or not that, that gets you to go visit a booth or not. So the heads would be, uh, they're, they're good or they're helpful, get you there, or tails, they're not so good. So heads, so are gimmicks good. Okay, um, the gimmicks good. Defend okay. that, I guess. Defend it. <laughs> yeah. um, how do we defend it? <laughs> does, that, does that draw you into a booth when there's, like, crazy stuff going on um, there, or is it? I would say yes and no. Okay. But I'm going to go for the yes side. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like owning a reptile could be, like, a really good experience to learn and, like, to understand how it, like, lives and, and its habilitation and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, and the big posters show, like, their cool and crazy, unique items that go along with it. And, okay. uh, uh, yeah. 
cool. I'd go ahead and say that the big crazy posters attract more people because they're like, oh, what's going on over here? Uh -huh. Or, oh, let me learn about this because everybody wants to know about it. Why should I kind of care about learning it too? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's basically my opinion. All right. Awesome. So, so maybe breeders should maybe keep doing that. All right. Yeah, a little bit. All right. <laughs> Thanks for your opinion, guys. Yeah, thank you. All right. We got a couple more fighters here for the podcast, and uh, let's have you say who you are and where you're from. Joseph, I'm from Anaheim. Okay. Darlene, I'm from Fullerton. All right. And we're going to ask you guys about uh, morphs, whether or not, you know, they're beneficial or not so much for the hobby. So we'll let the coin toss dictate. So we got uh, tails. So that means you're, the morphs might not be so great for the hobby. What ways are morphs not so good for the hobby? So let's hear what you think. I didn't even know nothing about that. Okay. <laughs> like, like say, for example, your albino Pac-Man frog, like why, you know, maybe... An albino is not as good as maybe just the regular type. You can see it more. It doesn't really camouflage as much. Okay. Yeah. The, they're uh, they're more like the natural uh, appearance or whatever, so they look normal. Any other insights? What do you think? <laughs> I think they're clearly on the uh, on the morph side yeah. of things right now. So. <laughs> they got the morph frog. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, what do you think about why why are morphs cool? What do you like about the morphs? Uh, the patterns, the colors. Mm -hmm. it's like some cutters are, vi are vibrant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Would you would you would you have picked up the frog if it was just the the wild type or was the morph the thing that really sold you on wanting to get it? I wouldn't pick it up in the wild. Ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks. Right, thanks guys. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. All right, we got another fighter. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Johnny Barrett with uh, Snake Daddy Serpents. All right, um, where are you from? Uh, from Menifee, California. Okay, and what kind of stuff are you into? Uh, I have a whole bunch of carpet pythons, <coughs> uh, just got into chewy geckos, and I got some knobtails. Awesome. Nice. Sounds yeah, like nice. a really good collection there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, we're going to ask you about variety of reptile shows. Is it, right, heads would be like a, you know, a few species, a lot, a lot of examples of a few species, and tails is... Uh, uh, few examples of a lot of species heads so heads all right all right so okay a lot a lot of species a few, a few, a few species. species yeah okay so one of the things that's nice about having just a few species is that you can really kind of find out who's going to be focusing if that uh -huh. makes sense you know yeah. they're going to be able to you're going to be able to narrow down who's picking out and who's actually got the attention for detail you know what work what stuff you're going to want to work with you know, you're going to be able to narrow down, okay, these guys are just breeding together everything with a cloaca. Sure. These guys are actually picking out all these different things, and they're, you know, they're selective breeding. Okay, so when you have more of a few focus. species, yeah, helps yeah, you focus there's, and yeah. out. there's a refinement in focus, and Thank you me. get better quality. Yeah, and you okay. have something to compare it to. Oh, know? interesting, yeah. yeah. Tons yeah. of like comparisons. Yeah. That's good. And kind of figure out what you like and what. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, great great awesome. answer. Yeah, thanks, cool, man. man. All right, we get another fight for you. Let's see who we got here. Uh, this is Brandon. I'm from Northern California, and I'm a crested gecko hobbyist. Um, I go to a lot of different shows, and uh, I'm just answering a couple questions with the Reptile Fight Club. All right, cool, cool. So today we're going to be talking about diversity. Like, is it good to have a diverse show uh, or, or kind of a lot of uh, the same kind of species? So um, heads will say it's good to have a, a lot of the same, you know, fewer species, but a lot of different morphs and variations, and then variety is tails. So we'll flip the coin and you got heads so uh, heads is, yeah the like the ball python crested gecko like it's so good to have is, a few yeah, different is, species but a lot those of those few species good for yeah it's a lot it's a lot better to centralize especially when you got like ball python or 
crested gecko where you have lots of morphs. So uh-huh. you're still working in the same category of care. You know, the care isn't going to be different, but you still have a lot of variety to offer when it comes to your chocolate lab versus your German Shepherd. But it's still, they're all crested gecko. They're, they're all bob pythons. And the care for those, the reason that a lot of people centralize in one reptile or another is because the care is really good for a ball python. Yeah. It's really easy and it's yeah. ri- there's a, it's not an accident, you know, <laughs> as how I feel. And uh-huh. I'm a crested gecko advocate. It's the first gecko I got and sure. doesn't take any electricity, has a two-way uh, diet of both the, the Pangea and the crickets. So if you don't sure. want to go to the store, you have options. Unlike with insectivores, you don't have any options. You've yeah. you got to go to the store once a week. It's a regular habit that you've given yourself. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, another reason to centralize is, like, I have a, my, my coworker who's also here with me at the show. He's looking for Euromastics. Uh-huh. And he's looking for specific Euromastics. And so if you centralize on something that's really expensive, you're not going to get a lot of buyers, but you're going to get... Um, people that grab business cards and buy later, and yeah. then you're you're also going to make connections, and you're you're also going to end up with uh, really expensive purchases, high high purchases, not as much quantity. You're not going to have to pack as much as a vendor, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I think it's better to centralize. You yeah. know, I I don't I don't think I would. It's easy for me to argue that that. You spread out too thin and you're too uh, diversified, you really don't have enough experience in what, in, in, in what you're selling. You, you're too mm-hmm. like, if you like it, I'll tell you what I've, I've read or what care we know, but yeah. versus if you're all on one, you, you have a lot of experience with multiple different ones, you've had problems, fixed problems, and so you're just uh, you well-rounded. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. And there's Good a ton starter. of information, you know, a lot yeah. of people with a lot of information yeah. versus not much known on a lot of, yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, that's a great, that's great uh, point of view. Appreciate awesome, it, man. Thank you. All right, thanks a lot. Take Enjoy care, guys. Show. All right, we got another fighter here. Uh, why don't you... Hey, I'm, I'm Reed Snedden. Uh, I own SoCal Reptiles. I'm based uh, in Long Beach, California. I specialize in tortoises, especially the testudo, so Russian, Hermans, Greeks, Marginids, all those. Um, and do some monkey tail skinks as well. Cool. Yeah, he's got some really nice hatchlings here at the tail, some yeah. cool Russian tortoises, yeah. Um, so today we're going to ask you the question about, uh, is you know, variety good at a show or, or is monoculture okay? So heads is... Uh, Head, Variety, head, head, tails, monoculture. monoculture. Okay. Okay. Chuck's gonna flip here. All right. And you so got, got tails. tails. So monoculture. monoculture. You got to defend monoculture. Defend. I'm gonna be on the side of monoculture. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, so one species or like morph? Well, like, yeah. You know, morphs. Morphs. One okay. Species included. Um, morphs of one species. Morphs of one species. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's good to have uh, the monoculture just so you know get everybody on the same page and we can exchange information for it uh really you know bring new ideas on husbandry of one of one animal potentially or you know a a gene of one animal can really explore that um and really you know make like a a database and you know maybe that animal needs help in in the wild and you know twenty thousand people have those after a reptile show and can exchange some info and you know really band together and, and help that one thing yeah, I mean, crested geckos were, like, functionally extinct, right? And now they're the most common thing here. So 
think we definitely it down. Yeah, great input. Cool. All right, thanks. Yep. Yeah. Nice. All right, we have another fighter here. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, what's up? My name's Chris McHale. I'm an employee at Triple R Reptile. All right. So uh, we're going to ask you about monoculture versus variety at a reptile show, which, you know, which is uh, beneficial for the hobby or, or more important or whatever. So Chuck's so, going to give us our toys. So heads would be variety, tails would be monoculture. monoculture. Okay. All right. Oop. Calling it tails. <laughs> tails. So, right. monoculture. Why is monoculture a good thing? So, monoculture is a good thing because you get all your bread and butter animals, like your bearded dragons, corn snakes, and crested geckos, which are going to be your big sellers. And if you look at a lot of the big brands, a lot of them have products geared towards that. So, if you're a retail store, you're going to be able to sell a lot more product based on having those bread and butter animals versus having to figure out like how you're going to set up a green basilisk in a bearded dragon kit or a, or this, that, or the other. Oh, cool. So. I would say monoculture definitely has its peaks and it allows for a focus on a specific animal. Like if you look at a lot of other animals that are more uh, rare in the hobby or you're less likely to breed, frog-eyed geckos or green basilisks or your frilled dragons, a lot of those guys don't get extreme amounts of focus so there's not a whole lot of them and because of that not a lot of them look all that great and there's not a lot of morphs and there's not a lot of variety to those morphs when you focus on particularly like one animal for 20 40 years you end up with like ball pythons 5,000 different kinds so like it's more appealing yeah absolutely gotcha. well you get more color and more variety more yeah, yeah. to choose from yeah. which means your market opens yeah, yeah. so yeah. even though they all require the same care exactly that we've kind of tailored our our market to exactly yeah. awesome and yeah, yeah cool no that's a great insight i, yeah, I really like that yeah, thanks a lot Chris. no problem yeah. yeah all right we have another fighter here <laughs> my name is josh dunlap uh, with scales fins and feathers out of sunland california Cool. All right. We're, today we're going to talk about should uh, reptiles be discounted at shows. So if you get heads, that means you got to say yes, they should be. Or, or you defend that point of view. Uh, tails, no. They, you know, we should okay. stick with our prices. Come right, ready? Right. Okay. All right, we're tails. Yeah, tails, so, so stick no to your prices. Yeah, no, no, no haggling. All right. Yeah, I think... Uh, um, if you have a quality animal, um, you should stick to your prices. Um, you know, the quality of buyer is going to recognize that, that animal and uh, you know, it assures it goes to a good home. Um, I think you mark your stuff down too much. You get people buying them that, that don't really uh, ha ha have the investment, the time investment, the money investment, the, the care investment that it takes to really to give that animal a proper home. And so I think, you, you know, there's, you know, Previous customers, people you know, you maybe maybe give them a little bit of a cut or something, but uh, yeah. but no, I think you, you stick to your guns on your pricing if if you believe in your animals yeah. and the time you spent raising them. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. I, I fully agree. You know, yeah. if somebody's going to be invested in an animal, they're going to pay the money. You know, I, I think I think properly priced animals lead to better outcomes. I think yeah. giving that for your pet, you know? you, nobody yeah. wants to admit to a financial motivation to take care of something, but when you're invested in it, you know. You, you you have the that onus to protect that investment. If you pay nothing for it and you lose, you know what do you lose? You're not you know, out you know much. what I mean? And There's, it's not it's it's not something you really want to talk about it like that way, but it definitely is that way for, for you know, you don't you at a show you don't know your customer that well, you know. Right. That's the 100%. one that's the different thing about doing the shows is you don't you know, it's a brief interaction, a brief you know, you, you get to you try and learn what you can about yeah. them but you you know, you don't really know and yep. so uh, you know, you that's one way of assuring that it goes to a place that cares. Yep. Yeah. Cool. cool. All right. Nice. Thanks a lot, man. Awesome. Right, cool stuff you guys are doing. Thanks. Thanks man. Appreciate Thanks. it. All right.
All right, guys, we got a heavy hitter for you here um, for the Reptile Fight Club. Uh, uh, Jules Sylvester, Snake Wrangler to the Stars, <laughs> if you think. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds great to me, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to be asking you about morphs. Like, are, are morphs good for the hobby? Are they, you know, or or not so great? And so heads good, tails not so good. So right, right. go ahead and flip the coin there. All right. You got heads. So heads are good. morphs heads are, are good. good for the hobby. Okay. Heads are good for the hobby. Well, actually, um, since what I, my my job is, I'm actually I do movies with snakes and reptiles. I have a company called Reptile Rentals Inc. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I, I like, um, I have to have a, an assortment of reptiles, obviously, for the movies. And the folks that write these scripts have no idea what snakes do, what color they want. <laughs> they say, we'd like a red one with white bands. And it's like, okay, so we're going with uh, albinos, hybrids, whatever I can find, red snakes with white bands. And you end up with, you know, three different types. You've got the Nelsons, you've got all kinds of yeah. coral snake lookalikes. Yeah. Oh, we like that one. So I'm going for... Yeah, morphs are great for me in this business. Ah, However, yeah. <laughs> once we've done that, I mean, there, there are some fascinating colors out there, and people like pretty colors. Yeah. Let's face it, they, yeah. you know, they go for the white ones, they go for the red ones, they go for green, they've got bands and stripes, and all stuff that doesn't exist really in, in, in the bush. They wouldn't survive very well, but they do very well in captivity. Is that good or bad? Well, there's, there's bad because they're breeding all kind of mixed breeds, and that's kind of like screws up the, the DNA. Sure. Or it's good because people are breeding snakes and they're getting into the reptile thing. That's really good. So I'm, I'm sitting on the fence on that one and it hurts because it's a sharp fence. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's snakes in boxes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not repopulating yeah. the wild. And we like colored snakes, we yeah, like colored yeah. things, but for the, you know, for the true breeder, um, morphs are a pain in the ass. And it's like, uh, just give me a, you know, I think the idea eventually, what we would like to do is have pure breeds, we know exactly what location they came from. Yeah. So worst case scenario, we can repopulate the place yeah. if we had to, you know, it's like- That's, that's my preference. That, I, I like the I, wild that's, type that's stuff, my, yeah. I like them yeah. wild. It's like, yeah. I, I deal a lot with rattlesnakes. Mm -hmm. Do you de-venomize them? No. I, why would I do that? You know, besides that cost over a thousand bucks per fang, and is it really happening? Yeah. Oh, I left a little bit of the gland in there. Oh, so you're only going to die a little bit, right? or swell a little bit. Yeah. So no, I like them as they are. Prefer them purebred, and we can find the exact location where they came from. So we can, you know, if we do have a, like a DNA collection, we can eventually repopulate the area, provided we have got any forest left. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's my that's my hint, bit on that. Oh, yeah. that's a that's great, a, yeah, that very unique perfect. perspective. Yeah, yeah. That was great. really, uh, we we won't get many uh, answers like that. No, that's for no, sure. So. Yeah. I'm bloody Einstein's younger brother, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Jules. We appreciate You're very it. Yeah. Thanks. All right, we got a good fighter here now. Uh, <laughs> tell us who you are, man. Ah, my name is Riley Jimson. Ready to fight. <laughs> very familiar name on the her her. Uh, the Morelia Pythons Network. Man, I can't think. It's, wow, it's a late night. Yeah. You, What's right? going on here? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Riley, we're going to give you a topic of, you know, morphs. Or are they good or bad for the hobby? Right? Cool. So, heads, do you support morphs? Tails, we don't like morphs. Right? Tails. <laughs> Tails. Woohoo! All right. So, no, no morphs. Yeah. Your yeah. Morphs aren't morphs the greatest. Are okay. So, I'm hobby. going to argue morphs are, are not good. Anti Okay. Yeah. So, um, I guess my, my opening pitch on that is, for me, I, I, I think people need to learn to appreciate the wild type of something before they take the step into morphs. Whether they learn about them first or the wild type first, I think 
I think we lose an appreciation for what the animal is behaviorally, its natural history, why it looks the way it does, because we're so caught up in morphs. Now, that's not to say that the, the morphs are necessarily unhealthier, sure, sure. but if you really appreciate that animal and why it is the way it is, I mean, yeah, we're keeping things in boxes, but like that animal is, is designed for a specific look, purpose, for a reason. And there's so many others out there. Like if, if you really want something that's going to be flashy, you can find something that exists like that in its own natural state. You don't have to get into this seemingly like Frankenstein uh, lane of things that just kind of it loses the wholesome touch, I feel, to why we get into reptiles in the first place. And, and it's because we love them, we're drawn to them for some reason, they're different. And for me, if, if you just, if all you care about is the morphs and these different looks, I mean, do you really care about the animal itself? And, and I think that causes a lot of misguided intentions in the hobby. Um, people, they just, they don't think about that stuff. And I think it results in a, a loss of certain species, a lack of emphasis on certain species. And, you know, it just ultimately hinders the hobby more than it allows its progress. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. That was perfect, man. Yeah, Thank good. you. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. That was, yeah. I mean, I could go on for, yeah. forever about <laughs> right. it, but just to yeah. be rather succinct about it, yeah. I just yeah. think, you know, yeah. if you can't appreciate the wild type, the natural and then move into morphs, yeah. then find something else. Do something yeah. else. That's okay. Maybe there's something that's flashy and natural on its yeah. own that tickles you that same way. But to me, like, you got you to gotta crawl before you run, and that's you got to appreciate the wild type before you get into the, cool. the designer stuff. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, awesome. thank you. Thanks, man. All right. Well, it's... Uh, Chuck and I are driving back down to San Diego now and kind of thinking about the show and thought we'd have a few kind of parting words. Hope you uh, enjoyed the uh, input and, and perspectives of a lot of different people. We had pretty wide range of like keepers or, or just new people to the hobby and, and old, you know, people who have been around for a while and know, you know, know a lot and some that know you know just a little bit so it was uh good to hear different perspectives and i i learned some cool stuff from yeah I, I heard some stuff i didn't think i was gonna hear from you know new keepers who said things that i was like wow i, I never never thought about it like that it, it you know my perspective is somebody who's super in been into reptiles or super into reptiles it's it's just changed you know like I, i'm not used to even thinking that way so you know it's good good to hear some uh, maybe outside of the box or new new perspectives that maybe I wouldn't consider. So yeah, it was it was really great. I I, I enjoyed all of it. Yeah. I, um. So as we were leaving the show, we we had a really nice conversation with Ryan McVeigh from VivTech and yeah. um, picked up a, a bulb from him to try out and you know see how it's doing and saw some of the the data that's coming out of the bulb and you know the wavelengths and things that it's hitting and it, I mean it's. It looks pretty it's, legit. Yeah, it like, looks uh, promising. It does look promising. Yeah. I am I am hoping for him that, uh, you know, he continues to have success. And I, the enthusiasm and where he wants to go is, is really, I think, in line with where we all need to go. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, uh, he had some really good insight. I, I wish we would have just hit record yeah, and we had should, that, I, I said we should we should we should we should record this and yeah so yeah. but we'll have to have him back on we'll do another yeah. we'll do another show and and we'll let 
we'll let him have the have the floor and and uh, you know he can he can uh, give give you all his sermon uh, like he gave us. It was good. Yeah. It was a great yeah. conversation. So. And he he uh, told us some stories about implementing some of his lights and and the effect that it had on the animals and the behaviors that followed. And so it was really exciting. So I'm yeah. I'm excited to go home and plug in the bulb and see how my lizards react. So yeah. see hopefully have some cool stuff to report. But um, you know just hearing that passion and that excitement and kind of where we need to move forward is is really gets you pumped up. You you know gets you excited about yeah. doing the same and following the same kind of thing you know upping your game up in your keeping you know increasing your uh, vivarium size or whatever you know doing something to enhance the animals lives and not just have a snake in a box but you know you know try to replicate natural history and make their lives a better thing so that was that was a fun way to end the show we got to hang out with steve sharp yeah, uh, we, that was amazing. we never had him on here that would have been we, cool. we should have we yeah. should have shouldn't we yeah uh, I, I mean we, we had him on the one of the previous episodes about you know working with yeah i don't things. think they've heard the last of steve no so. no steve will be around yeah, steve yeah sure. he's such a great guy it yeah. brought back some really good memories being down Absolutely. in Anaheim of, of the shows that we vended down there with him yeah. and good times and so yeah we got to eat breakfast and go cruise the show and then hit hit some lunch with him so yeah really good catching up with steve and seeing you know kind of where he's at with his uh, zoo career and he i mean he's doing fantastic he's out at uh the chaffee zoo Um, yeah 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 so uh yeah fun fun to catch up with steve for sure but yeah, it's it's hard to have this come to an end. Uh, I I don't know if we have any parting thoughts on some of the topics. You know, do you do you have anything else that you want to say about like yeah, you know, I, morphs in the hobby? Uh, man, you know, well, I think I I mean, you know, uh, that's a tough. You know, that's tough. I, I I we've discussed a lot of these topics at length, and and um, you know, I, as always, uh, we always take one side or the other, but. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm very much in all things in their place. And I, I do believe morphs have a place in the hobby. And, you know, um, I just think that, you know, wild type animals definitely have a place too. And, and we need to protect and do both of those things well, you know. And, yeah. and I think when things swing out of balance and we don't always do things, you know, but both things well, then then it starts to hurt us, right? And so, you know, I, I, there's definitely challenges uh, around doing both things well, and and so, you know, but but, you know, we have to figure out ways to, and, and this kind of goes back to Ryan and, and our conversation to do things better and not just say, oh, this is the way we've always done it. This is good enough. Uh, you know, to get more education, to get more data, to get more research out there, and and and. Uh, you know, up our game, everybody's game. And I think if, if there's people out there up in their game, it's going to help uh, new, new people who don't, are brand new to the hobby coming in. It's going to help, you know, the, um, and maybe you'll have the, the cynical old guy who never wants to change. And that's, that's, that's gonna, that, that's gonna be there. But uh, I think, you know, one of the things that I, I took away from and agree with uh, is that this younger generation of keepers is very willing to change. They're growing up at a time where they've seen a lot of stuff that they're just like, man, this world is messed up and it's been laid bare for them. 
Uh, and and uh, you know, I think I think when they see an opportunity for change, they'll grab onto that change. So creating that space where change can happen and mechanisms for allowing that to happen is probably a great way forward for us. Yeah, I think we need to kind of get out of the way and let people move forward with uh, the good things that are that are surely down the road. Um, I you know I. I caught some different perspectives and, and kind of thought about things a little differently. And, you know, I'm, I'm still more of a, like, I like the wild type animals and yeah. seeing animals in the natural environment and seeing kind of how things are, are designed to survive, you know, and have, have evolved to, to be after, you know, millions of years or whatnot. And, and to see, you know, a pretty good variety they had you know quite a few different species here some that i'd never seen before and and it was pretty cool stuff but was there was one uh snake that was uh really had some really crazy scillation and that inner fang yeah it it was uh yeah it's i (laughs) i can't remember the name i don't know why i brought it up when i don't know oh uh, thrasops occidentalis it's a um, kind of a, a rear-fanged colubrid that's just really cool looking. Really it almost cool, has yeah. scalation like a crocodile or something, yeah, really big yeah. scales. It and has like a different dorsal scalation and then almost like a, a, a set of side, side saddle scalations yeah. that are... It was really interesting. I, I, I think they're somewhat related like the puffing snakes of South America and stuff. So, yeah. But just cool, like big fancy scales that you just don't see on a lot of snakes so it's kind of unique there was a dragon snake there that was kind of cool to see so you know these things uh naturally are just really cool looking so i think there's uh opportunities to do well with cool species from all over and you know trying to figure out and and how to maintain these different species is a cool challenge so you know while morphs are fun and interesting and i you know i don't really have too much against them. I, they I, were definitely well represented. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there were a lot yeah. of ball pythons, a lot of leopard geckos, a lot of, you geckos. know, yeah, a lot of crested yeah. geckos. Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I do think, you know, that they're, you know, they have their, their place, but at the same time, you know, I, I think we need to appreciate the wild animals and the animals in their natural state to see them do the job they do. So, you know, it's, it, I, I think there's a lot of different perspectives on that and, um, although my my takeaway necessarily you know, hasn't necessarily changed all that much, I still prefer wild type specimens and and seeing them in their natural environment. I I do appreciate some of the more and some boas. Like I'm not a boa guy by any stretch yeah, of the imagination. Some of those boas were nuts. Yeah, right? they had all these IMG boas that just looked really weird. IMG yeah. Aztecs, IMG Motleys, and and I thought that was really cool. I can't remember the breeder. I feel bad about that, but um, some neat neat boa morphs at the at the show that I could just look at and go, that's really cool looking. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for sure. yeah. I'm, I'm not getting into boas, but they were neat to look at. Yeah. Um, My so. favorite part definitely was still the, the 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 rare stuff, the stuff you don't see around. I mean, it's still, you know, I mean, it, when you go to a show and most of it's all, you know, a, a monoculture, uh, and you you know you've kind of seen that monoculture before, seeing that 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 rare things you don't see. What's what's newer or what's what's making its way into the hobby? Certainly, a lot of monkey tail skinks were there. Yeah, right? that yeah, was, that was. There's definitely no shortage of monkey tail skinks around right now. Yeah, so, but uh, but that was cool. There was a lot of cool little geckos. Uh, you know, just neat stuff. Yeah, um, the uh, 
the other thing was the, you know, gimmicks. I, I don't know that we saw too many gimmicks. Like, back in the past, you used to see, like, these crazy belly dancers at John's Jungle or something. Sure. I was like, yeesh, you almost avoided the booth because of it. You know, it was kind of creepy out or something. It was but, pretty weird. Yeah. It was weird. And, you know, there were there were a couple little gimmicky things. Somebody was in one of those blow-up dinosaur suits, you yeah. know, that you run around in. And, uh, you know, I get it. Like, some guys had the the bright uh, Hawaiian shirts with chameleons on it. That was, you know, kind of catches the eye and gets people, oh, they must be chameleon breeders or something. So, you know, that kind of stuff is is interesting, you know, and I've I've tried to design my booth to be somewhat eye-catching and somewhat different to the norm, you know, with I, a big rock I, uh, I think there's something to be said thing. for standing out, right? I think, you know, um, you know, I, I mean, ultimately, I, I, I'm always a, a fan of speaking with your animals, but... Yeah. Um, but, but certainly, you know, having a, a thing and like, you know, I remember your caging, uh, you know, from back in the, the, the NARBC days, uh, was unique and different. And anybody who sees that's like, Oh, I remember those. That's, you know, yeah, so yeah. Y- you gotta have your thing. I, I, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that, but man, some of the gimmicky stuff, you know, is, yeah. is kind of like, really? Yeah, much. Yeah, it's like the used car salesman type. Yeah, I agree. Propaganda yeah. stuff. So you know, I think some is more effective than others, but you know, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Um, anything else to add, or we cover that? Um, no, yeah, we're good. Um, the variety thing, I, you know, like Chuck said, Chuck said there was uh, quite a, you know, fairly decent variety. Although you know the the five big ones were well represented. You, yeah. know, you saw plenty of ball pythons, crested geckos, leopard geckos. You know. Um, and, and a few others that were just, you know, well represented. It's nice to see the colubrids coming back. There were a lot of yep. colubrids at the show. Uh, uh, we talked to Dan and Colette Sutherland. You know, they're kind of local to me in Utah. And um, they've, you know, historically been known as a ball python, you know, boa breeder for quite a while. But they had Man, a ton of colubrids. A ton, colubrids. A yeah, ton of colubrids. A lot, a lot that of was a lot of animals. And I think that might be their uh, daughter's influence. Like, she's working with them as well. And she was there at the booth as well. Mm-hmm. We tried to get her on, but she she, she, she chickened yeah. out. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's that's okay. We, we don't want to shame anybody here. <laughs> we tried to tried to get people uh, to represent, but, you know, couldn't, couldn't twist their arms hard yeah. enough, I guess. But, uh, you know, they're maybe more shy or private anyway. Sure. They're great, great people. I, I, I like the Sutherlands. But, um, so, you know, it was fun to see all the colubrids at the show uh, that, that you kind of went away for a few years and now are coming back. And, you know, at crazy prices that you're not used to if you've yeah. been around for a while. You know, and remember yeah, the, the $25 king snakes, you know, now, they, now they're $250. So yeah. it's, uh, it, and, I, and I think that's appropriate, you know, people, uh, animals should should maintain a decent price you know and that kind of uh i I was excited to see some different gecko species that i hadn't seen what was maybe frustrating was that they were all males so there weren't pairs of some of these rarer species i saw some granosaurus rex and they they had a diplodactylus galeatus that was cool to see so you know a few of the diplodactyl geckos and they had some uh a couple strophurus not too many um, you know, some interesting things. They had some, like, a mossy leaf tail gecko or two. There were there were some cool species there that you, yeah. you know, don't see uh, too widely. Um, I, Felsuma borbonica, I, yeah, I remember, cool. 
listening to Emmanuel Van Hagen talk about, you know, the reptiles of Madagascar, and that's, I think that's his favorite Felsuma species, you know, I guess he can correct me if I'm wrong, but he, I just remember how excited he was about Borbonica, and, you know, with that deep, booming voice. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, an excited Emmanuel Van Hagen's yeah. a, a fun thing. Oh, he's a great guy, yeah, I, I, sure. I really enjoy that guy, and herped with him, and he's just, he's the real deal, man. Yeah. Watching him lay down in the mud to take yeah. a picture and stuff was, I really yeah. enjoyed talking to Russ Gurley, he oh, was, dude, yeah. what a, what a cool guy. Yeah, few better people than in this hobby than Russ Gurley. Yeah. He's he's the man. So it was really good to catch up with him. Um, he's he's uh, laying out the the second edition of the Carpet Python book for us. Yeah, uh, he he works with there, uh, huh? yeah. He yeah. works with Bob pretty well, and you know, looking forward to the next steps of having him lay the the book out. We're getting closer to that. So I uh, always love talking to Russ and catching yeah. up with him. So. Um, but yeah, as far as the species, yeah, so there is a diversity in keepers there. <laughs> the species, you know, seeing the Felsuma borbonica, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm probably trying to pronounce it like Emmanuel. I don't know how, <laughs> yeah, but uh, beautiful species. Yeah. And I, I didn't get the name of that breeder's booth either, but they had some cool stuff. They also had the Galeatus and yeah. a couple others, the helmeted geckos. And so, yeah, fun to see, you know, diversity. There were some frog breeders, you know, and some tortoise breeders and stuff and so it was fun to see you know more than just balls and yeah, crested geckos definitely. and I, I i will admit i got a little fatigued you know i wasn't necessarily i was kind of maybe skipping over some of the crested gecko booths or the the ball python booths and but uh and you know seeing the um importer booths of course they have a pretty big diversity some looked like it was uh doing better than other animals you know that's always hard to see and that's yeah. the downside of the import uh and we've talked about that yeah. so i'm not yeah, gonna always i'm not gonna you see the that. best at a show and when you don't always see the best that's kind of uh, it doesn't feel good but you know yeah. we kind of understand where that comes from yeah and hopefully that continues to improve i mean looking at uh yeah like uh dan Larry's, Larry, yeah. His, oh, uh, his stuff looked all of it fantastic. Yeah, just fantastic. Hey, I mean, I, mean, I like Dan. Dan's so cool. Like, yeah, it was fun to chat with him. I, I was really curious about his uh, New Guinea spotted python, so it was yeah. nice to hear that that project is doing well and he's getting ready to breed them and you know try it. So it'd be fun to have some of the New Guinea spotteds you know available in the hobby down the road. So glad to see that's moving forward. Um, it, the uh, his monkey tail skinks like a lot of tables had monkey tail skinks but yeah. his looked just just great nice like, hydrated just, like healthy they were moving around they looked really good compared yeah. to some of the others so yeah nice to see an importer kind of up in the game a little yep. and having having those healthy looking animals yeah. he had some cool racers some yeah. bronze bronze-sided racers or something like that that were neat looking so yeah, overall, uh, yeah, caught up with uh, Steve Sykes. He had a ton of geckos. He had a lot of geckos. Uh, Nefurus is, of course, my favorite, but uh, the knobtail geckos. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of a lot of nice uh, um, fat, fat tail leopard geckos. You know, that's kind of his bread and butter for the most part. He's well known for that. But a lot of cool geckos at his table as well. So fun to see him again. And I'm sure I'm uh, uh, Tyler from the tortoise. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, he had some, you know, uh, cool tortoises and dry goods and stuff. We caught up with uh, Reed Snedden. He's on here, so that was yeah. fun to fun to hear him. So, you know, it's good, always good to hit a reptile show and catch up with people. Um, some friends, uh, 
Christian and Jess uh, that they li- they live down in uh, Saint George, George and they, they breed a lot yeah, of the uh, they're really nice. leeches. They're really yeah, nice cool ones. people. Yeah, cool. really great. Yeah, so a lot of good stuff. But um, always that's probably the best part of the show is catching up with people. We got yeah. to hang out with uh, Brandon Wheeler and yep. um, Riley Jemison few others uh yeah. i'm sorry I, i'm terrible with names so i apologize you guys should have recorded on the podcast but <laughs> yeah um we we've uh um it's that's the best you know best thing about the hobby is connecting with like-minded individuals yeah. that enjoy the same things you know this reptiles and and can kind of get together and chat about the you know the good the bad and the ugly and and uh just have a good time and and geek out over reptiles so it was a fun weekend overall yeah um the last topic uh what am i missing we uh the oh pricing of reptiles yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know i i i'm kind of i i think if you've i always put in a little wiggle room you know i don't mind a little bit of bartering but when it's like almost offensive bartering where they're trying to talk you down you know half price or you know less than that it's it's like okay you can take a walk go find it somewhere else but you know i i think ben and always ben and i always kind of had the attitude of you know take take a reasonable offer it's not bad so i don't i don't know that i'm necessarily fixed price i'm not in it but i also don't do this full time so i don't need to do it for the money i'd rather have somebody that i feel comfortable with buying the animal i'd rather sell it to them for less or you know rather than uh have just somebody with a lot of money buy it that may not do a good job with it so i don't know i i do appreciate you know some projects you know you keep that price firm because you know there may not be a lot of them or you may be the only one or have the the most quality animals so you know there's some instances where you don't mess with the prices yeah yeah i think getting you know that that's all a discount is 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 all right i just think when it goes to this like how low can we go kind of thing you're you know you're you're doing the animal a disservice because you're selling it to somebody who literally wants to pay as least as they possibly can with and if you value the animal and you value you know the breeder who did the work and um you know is is gonna put you hopefully where you want to be with something um that's worth something isn't it i mean you know i I don't i don't think that um you know we need to necessarily be unflexible but at the same time like you know i think uh it's fair to say that animals are um and it sucks because we're talking about you know money for for life right and and um you know how do you how do you make that a moral argument um and you know i don't think the money should matter if 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 it's what you want and you want to take care of it and you want to give it the best life that it can have and you can enjoy it um you should be willing to pay for that yeah yeah so you know overall i i really enjoy attending reptile shows sometimes it's hard to see some of the things that go on or you hear kind of behind the scenes stories that make you cringe but you know it's all in all it's a it's good group and there's a lot of good actors in the in the hobby and in this business or whatever you want to call it so um good times all around it was fun hanging out with chuck it's always a good time and it was a blast so nice um have to do it again soon but yeah for sure we'll conclude our uh, live 
show or live broadcast. I guess it's not live because you're yeah, listening no, to it. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, anyway, uh, we are we're hanging out in the same vehicle, hanging out in the same place. Yeah, so you go. yeah, that, that's been a lot of fun, and we will uh, fight again another day. But thanks for listening, and I gotta get this dude to the airport. We're out. <laughs> yeah. Fight Club.